In the following live session recording, Keith Chandler, state missionary with Georgia Baptist Mission Board, leads the session entitled Bivocational Music Ministry 101, Planning Worship. You can create meaningful and engaging worship experiences, and Keith will share ideas to enrich your church's worship, regardless of size. The session is for any worship leader, full-time or part-time. Let's join Keith now. All right, most of you know that Steve Brown was supposed to be teaching this class, and so I'm a feeling I'm a, a substitute teacher. And so <clears throat> just know that uh, Steve and I probably know a lot of the same things, but our minds don't work alike. And so I'm using his stuff, and so sometimes I'm going to be talking and his stuff's going to be up there, okay? So just I'm, I apologize for that on the start. But uh, So we're, we're going to start with this and just go, go with it and see where we go. But this class is planning worship, and so we're going to be talking about different ways that we can plan worship. Uh, I guess all of you plan worship. Are you a minister of music? Well, I guess you could call me that. Well, I, I leave this thing in at I my church. I want to call you that because I think <laughs> that's what you do. Title, but well, if that's what you do, you ought to have the title, yeah. right? So in this room, we're going to have the title. Everybody else, though, uh, plans worship every Sunday, and okay, good, 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 good. Uh, <clears throat> so let me tell you a little bit about myself. Some of you already know me, but. Um, from seminary, I served five years in uh, the foreign land of Alabama, uh, Dothan, and I served there five years, had my son there. Uh, then God called me on to, to the Holy Land, and so I've been in Georgia now since 1989, and uh, I served First Baptist Church Lithia Springs, which is on the west side of Atlanta. You know where Six Flags is, that's where I live, um, and served there for 17 years, uh, and then uh, two years into that, I was the president of Sons of Jubal, and John Duncan came to town. And with me being president, our president of Sons of Jubal, John and I got talking, and all of a sudden he's hiring me at the, the mission board. And so I've been there for 15 years now. That doesn't seem possible, but what's wrong? You can't take it. I closed my door on them <laughs> earlier. Uh, but then have been serving uh, 15 years uh, with the mission board. Uh, so, um, I've been in a lot of situations about worship. I mean, I've been in the big church, I've been in a really small church, and with these interims for 15 years, I've been in some crazy churches. <laughs> I'm telling you, some crazy. And so I've worked with, you know, people that'll come up and say, we just want to sing the songs we know. I've been there a uh, number of times I've been there. Or it's, it's the, the constant struggle of, you know, what's, what's enough? What, and, you know, I hate quotas. I hate saying, you know, okay, we're going to do 50% hymn book and we're going to do 50% praise course. I, that, I just despise it. And I don't think it's even scriptural. I think that you as a minister of music, a worship pastor, should pray and God should lead you. And that's what we all say. <laughs> that's just as clear cut as I can make it. Uh, but I think God gives us that mandate. It's just like a pastor in, a, in the study saying, okay, this is where God's leading me to preach on Sunday. The same thing with the ministry of music. I think we are led by God in what we do and how we do. And so uh, that, that's kind of the thing. So let me get this started. Uh, when, in saying that, I've, I've been amazed at how many times when you get to church, the, the, the songs just sort of reemphasize everything that you were, that the preacher's saying and 
that was going right. on that day, and you didn't even right. intend it or didn't know it was going to be right. that way. You want to make that the, the not the, what you have every time, because you really want to, to intend to do it all the time. Right. But you know, sometimes, it, it, don't y'all feel that way? Yeah. Sometimes it'll just be, wow, I didn't even know that was the direction he was going to head. Yeah. Uh, you get a scripture and you get maybe a sentence. Do most of you get that when you plan worship? No? I get nothing. You get nothing. I get nothing. I usually get it after I've planned. I mean, that's sweet. <laughs> that's always good planning there. But yeah. I mean, typically my themes are when you're dealing with hymns or even biblical praise and worship, then I mean, you can spin any theme around the message with what right. you're singing. Right. Usually what I do is if I don't have a, a sermon direction and he wants me, and I always ask the my pastor, I always say, do you want me to do that? Do you want me to, you know, do the same kind of thing? Or do you want me to do completely, you know, something else? Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's that constant communication. But um, many times, then I'll jump to what the choir is singing. You know, like if the choir is doing an anthem on the cross, then I might do the, the worship part of the service. I can, and, and we have to, I have to be careful because, you know, when I say the worship part, the sermon is for worship too. So you yeah. know what I mean when I say that, okay? So you know I understand that. But uh, it's just really important that we, we think through that. And like I say, you know, you can, you can go pretty broad with those, you know, do, uh, about the cross, about sacrifice, about the blood, you know, just have all these themes. And uh, again, you know, sometimes you hit, sometimes you don't. Yeah. Um, I'm working with a pastor now that gives it to me on Tuesday of the week. And of course, I've already planned by then. So, you know, it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. How many of you use a, a planning, like you use a planning center to do your worship planning? Or do all of you just use a notebook and a pen? Notebook and a pen? Okay. What do you use? I have um, an Excel spreadsheet. Okay. That I date when we when we like sing that song, mm -hmm. so I know I'm not repeating it. I do that too. Um, and then, but like my Excel spreadsheet, like I have a page for like my budget and expenses, our mm -hmm. our choir contacts, our right. um, our special music, and then our um, like our corporate worship times. Okay. Have you looked at Planning Center? Yeah, I'm going to show you some at near the end of the class. Um, so it would be something you'd be interested in because it sounds like you've got, you've done your own planning center almost uh, with how you've done. So that's, that's tremendous. Uh, you'd be surprised how many guys, you know, don't know that. They, they keep a list of maybe what the choir's singing, but, you know, as far as what the congregation is singing, they may sing, let's just take, for instance, How Great Is Our God?, They'll do it this Sunday, and then, oh, let's do it two Sundays from now. Let's do it two Sundays from then. And, you know, so there's not that, that planning that takes part. If I could get uh, y'all to give me your name and your email address, please. Make that legible so that I can actually email you. I uh, would love to get in touch with you. What is your name? Keith Chandler. Keith? Oh, well, that's you who's in the book. Says well, the, the book the book is not right. That, that okay, says you just uh, it says Keith Chen. Boy, I tell you, aren't they? They're fast. <laughs> they're, good. they're fast. I'm That's like, all there is to it. Now. Yeah. The book says <laughs> you mentioned that other guy. I'm like, uh-uh, his name ain't in here. Yeah. Well. Yes, sir. And uh, most of you, some of you know Ken Drain. I always do something when I teach a class. I always. 
give his disclaimer, and that is, he who steals from me steals twice. Uh, <laughs> because uh, really most of the knowledge I have I've just gained over the years, and uh, honestly just, just tried to pull things together. Now, one of the ideas I want to throw to you, and we won't spend a lot of time, but I do want to spend some time on this, is to actually have a planning team for worship. Now, am I saying that they're going to plan worship every Sunday? That's not what I said. But have a planning team. Think about it. Uh, if you've got a media person, and you've maybe got a, a drama person, maybe you have uh, lights and video person, uh, you have the pianist, you have the organist, you have the orchestra director. So that's the kind of people that you pull together. Maybe even the pastor be ex officio so that he'll feel free to come. Most don't, but at least he'll feel free to come. And that y'all meet, and, and I'm not saying to meet every week, but maybe meet quarterly. Meet, meet four times a year and just kind of set a goal for the till the next quarter. You know, say, you know, we want to use more drama or we want to use more this or we want to use more that or let's add some of this let's and, and so you're getting more ideas uh, for so long I sat in an office and tried to be the creative one and you know you just dry up eventually when you're trying to be the only creative uh, mind and so um, it, it's important so you see there the very top thing is it's very important that the pastor serve as a member or an ex officio member of this team uh, and then you go down and you just see the minister of music, key instrumentalist, pianist, organist, a representative from drama, a representative from the media team, a representative from the sound team, uh, and then lay leadership. You know, that person in the choir that, that just gets it, you know, understands what we're trying to do. Uh, and, you know, you have some of those in your choir, those guys that, you know, they just get it. They know exactly where you're headed. Uh, and do that. And so, uh, like I say, Steve, uh, when he was at Duluth, I know he had a planning team that met every week and almost did the worship planning every week. But, but I would say if you're going to start with something like that, I would start doing it quarterly and just let it be kind of a, a long-range plan committee and you do the week-to-week -week kind of planning. Uh, and then you see there uh, the implementation of the team. Each participant uh, brings to the group a gift in particular uh, area of major responsibility and focus. In other words, uh, let's talk about, you know, uh, we're going to show a video. Well, you want to make sure your video guys, you know, have got that queued up and it's not, you know, you're not going to see the mouse go across the screens. Uh, do all of you have screens in your church? All of us? We don't. You don't. So uh, when you sing a course they don't know or it's not in the hymn book, how do you do that? We don't. We don't. Do so y'all just such a small group, that, right? So y'all might have somebody sing it as a special if it's one, right? Just so by rote, you would be then teaching it by rote and then just be able to sing it uh, in the service like that. Okay. Well, that works good too. I've I have taught plenty of courses by rote where I've just sung it, or I had a choir sing it, or I had a soloist sing it. They learned it that way, uh, and so you know they never saw music on it. In other words, they just learned the melody from the groups. All right, and then the function of the team. Uh, this is where it really it helps you as a, as a worship leader, uh, where the team itself becomes kind of your support. You're a, a group that is centered. When they come and meet together, their purpose is to make you a more successful minister of music. 
And so these are not people that oversee you. These are people that are standing shoulder to shoulder with you saying, you know, here's the job and let's get it done. And so I would encourage you to have some of those. Uh, one church I served, it was actually the church I served in Dothan, Alabama when I came from seminary. I asked that that committee stay in place an entire year after they called me. And that became this kind of committee to me. So I met with him four more times throughout that next, that my first year there. And it was just kind of a, a thermometer for me. Hey, how things going, you know? Uh, do you hear good things? Do you hear, you know, is there something I'm missing or can't see? Uh, how many of us have gone to a church and just been blind? We don't, we don't know what they've experienced unless the guy before us kept good records and, you know, had it on an Excel spreadsheet like you're going to be able to give. But, you know, what if that guy just wrote it down on paper and then tossed it? Well, I didn't come into that. Well, that's what I'm saying. But wouldn't it have been nice for you to come into that? You know, hey, you know, for the last five years, here's what they've done. And so you kind of get a, a, a thing of that. So let's all be that kind of minister music where we leave with the guy coming in saying, okay, here's what we've done the last five or six years. Here's what we've done for worship the last five or six years. And so he knows, hey, they know this one really well. They don't know this song really well. Uh, I don't, can't, can't tell you how many times I've gotten up on a Sunday morning in an interim or a fill-in situation and the minister of music be on vacation and call me and say, you know, we come lead, sure. You choose music though so that it'll be stuff your folks know. And I get there and the choir looks at me like, we don't know that. And so, you know, you've, you've got to uh, have your people prepared for that. Uh, so this, this committee that I'm talking about um, can help you develop. Somebody give me a definition. What is worship? I mean, we, we say that's what we do, but what is worship? Adoration of God. Right. Praising Him. Right. It's amazing that there's six of us in this room. We all we all are in full ministry. I mean, not even if if you're part time. I don't that doesn't you know you're still full ministry. You you're in the ministry, and we can't come up with a full definition of worship. Now we we know it. We do know it. We have to know it. But what I'm saying is is can we communicate that with our choir? And so this committee can help then say, here is the definition of worship that we're going to use. Now, John Duncan has a, 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 a definition of worship. Uh, I know that Weber has a definition of worship. And so all these guys, you know, uh, have these definitions of worship. And it's, it's good to have that uh, memory. Um, real fast, tell me where you went to school. Where did you go to school? College. Uh-huh. College. And then did you go to seminary? Nope. I'm, a, I'm an attorney by trade. Attorney by trade. <laughs> well, I got to be careful now. <laughs> All right. So no music training as far as college or any no. of that. Yeah. Played clarinet in high school and wow, sang in choirs for ever. Yeah. Well, God talent. God gave you the talent. And uh, it's great. It's. Uh, I've been rewarded. I'm in a church of 115 members. Yeah. In Sunday school, we have 42 in choir. Wow. Well, that's after losing you, seven yeah. this year. Normally, it's 10% of the yeah. Sunday school that's in this. That's the normal yeah. uh, equation. But, boy, you go way over that. That's great. So did you go to school music-wise? Nope. What? Do I have a degree in office management? Office management. <laughs> well, that, I'm sure, comes in handy uh, with music leadership. Mm -hmm. Okay, what about you? I went to Bruton Parker. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. 
Coe Falls College, right, Northeast Georgia. Yeah. What year did you graduate from there? Uh, oh two. Mm-hmm. Wow. Music degree. Right. I want to say I do not have a music degree. Though. What do you have? Business. So where did you get your music? From? No. You don't. No. I'm about you just. I do. sang in the choir. We're, we're right there. I'm mm -hmm. a. I don't have. License. Our, our high school has a teacher conditioning and a major, and then our, right. when I went to college, I was just singing the choir on scholarship. Right. What do you do? Wow. Well, before getting into ministry, I was like a like a staff singer, mm -hmm. or like an Episcopal church, or right. Whatnot. And then got into this. Mm -hmm. When did you graduate from church? Um, I was. I went and then stopped and then went online. I finished yeah. online. So um, were you there when I was there? When were you there? Well, let's see. A <laughs> number of times I've been in and out. I was there 07 through 09. Yeah, I would have been there. I taught hymnology and I taught um, I'm practice of church music and... <laughs> I didn't fail you, did I? <laughs> uh, I didn't fail technology. That's all I. Let me just stand over here. <laughs> uh, We're going to attorney. Yeah, I got an attorney here. <laughs> no, because I had technology, I had Tatum, Don Tatum. Right. Um, so, uh, no. Okay. Well, I that's don't good. Have any grudges. Good, 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 good. <laughs> you ain't got no gun or anything, no. do you? Well, all see, right. that's me. I just like to sing. And right. I was in the band in high school, right. but you know. Right. Took piano lessons, I don't, but I don't have any formal training right. as far as yeah. Well, the good thing about it is it doesn't take formal training to do what we do. That's nice. Uh, you know, I, I certainly appreciate. It. I went to Truett McConnell. I'm a graduate of Truett McConnell. I'm a graduate of Shorter College uh, because uh, Truett, in the day I went to there, was just two years. Went to Shorter for two years, uh, and so most of you know the reputation of Shorter, and so I got a great music education at Shorter. But I came out of Shorter not really knowing much about church music. Now, Alan Wingard was there, uh, my major church music professor. And I mean, I, I learned some things, but you know, I, I don't feel like I was ready to be a minister of music. In other words, when I came out of college. And uh, although I was a minister of music at Shorter uh, and did a pretty good job, uh, I came from the Methodist church, grew up in the Methodist church. And so, you know, I, I knew a lot of the hymns I didn't know a lot of the Baptist hymns. Uh, I remember the first time I heard uh, To God Be the Glory was in the Baptist church. Uh, but so, so I came up that way as well, but then of course the Lord led me to, to go to Truett and to go to Shorter and then I went to Southwestern and so I have a, a master's in conducting. And so, you know, I, I feel very fortunate that God led me through that and gave me the tools uh, but but honestly, none of that was necessary. None of that, you know, God, God didn't say, okay, when you graduate from this, then you're called. I think the calling is something that we miss, and I'm going to jump off of this for a second. Um, do you ever feel when you, when you lead a song or something like that, that this is just what I'm meant to do? I mean, there have been times in my ministry where, you know, uh, two Sundays ago was one of those Sundays where I just thought, you know, God is just in this place. And it wasn't anything I had done or planned, uh, but God constructed that through all those many years of experience and all that. 
and you know, used me to choose some things uh, and then some other things that I didn't choose that were part of that service. <clears throat> but God was obviously there. That's when I know God called me. When I have those kind of days where I can, I can see that. I, I know that God called me into ministry when I have people like Jonathan Peacock. I don't know if y'all know Jonathan. Jonathan came up through music camps. And so I've had Jonathan since 1989 in music camps every summer. Now he's the full-time minister of music at First Baptist Dublin. And so it's, you know, God's given me the opportunity to kind of walk side by side with some of these young guys and uh, just absolutely have loved that, that opportunity. Um, were most of you in the worship time that we just had? Um, you saw that uh, the video about who's your one. And that's talking evangelism, of course, who's your one that you're, you're trying to win to the Lord. I would take it one step further with us. Who is your one that you're kind of investing your life into that when you go away, they might come up behind you and lead? You know, I think so many times we say, you know, here's my ministry and my great ministry, but we forget that one of our ministries is that we're bringing up those behind us, the next generation. We're, we're bringing these up to, to kind of take our place. And if we've not done that, we've done a bad job of everything that we've done. So I encourage you to do that. That's just, that was free. That's not a part of the paid admission into you this know, class. One of my choir members in another church called me one day and said, we need somebody to direct our music at our church. Do you have, you know, our, a couple of weeks, do you have somebody? I said, I right. got the perfect person. I sent them over right. there and they said, ooh, we like you. You want to stay? Yeah. So unfortunately she didn't. But <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. You you want to help, but not that much. <laughs> I was like, that wasn't the deal. Yeah. Uh, another thing, and the very last thing on that paper says, uh, constantly fine tune. Aren't you doing that in your rehearsals? Yes. Uh, I hope you are. Uh, this last Wednesday night, we were trying to sing the song, "We will remember, we will remember." Now, <laughs> here's how they did it. We will remember, and they just, you know, and so I said, you know, they never taught me in any school I've ever been to how to sustain the R. It just, I, I just don't know how to tell you to, to do that. So y'all have taught me something tonight, how to sustain an R. And uh, so, you know, those are just fine-tuned things. And, and in the work I'm in, you know, uh, sometimes with a different choir, you know, every other month, uh, it's really fine-tuned a lot of things in my life because, you know, all of a sudden, they, ooh, I, you know, I've corrected that before. For instance, with the word W-H before any, any word, like when. Have you ever thought about the word when and how you say it? How do, how do most people say it? Not sing it, but how do they say it? When. 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 Okay, their lips are pursed, you know, when, when, when. But that's not really the word sung. The word sung is through pursed lip with air coming through. Now, nobody ever, you know, a voice teacher possibly somewhere along the way told me that air has to come out to make the, okay? But if you get your choir to do that, when, when, and you're puffing air through your lips, when, not when, okay? That's right on the beat, when, when, it's all a precursor to the downbeat. When, when, okay? That was free too. All right, so when we get to Scripture, and you know, I guess that's got to be the backbone of, of how and what we do uh, as far as worship is concerned. Let me give you this before I start into it. 
I'll find it here. Promoting the choir. Why don't I have that? Do y'all have a, is it part of what I've already handed you? What is it? Models for worship plans? Yes, yes, yes it's the next page. Okay. All right. Okay. I just have different colors than you do. So that's why. So I'm going to look at the models for worship planning. That's where I'm headed. Okay. And I'm sorry. This is great. Y'all would be amazed at the, the, all the stuff that's up here on this, but just forget it. Uh, <laughs> I was going to try, but it, it's taking me more time to try to get to the right slide. Yeah. Um, so the, the, Steve here gives us four. Uh, back in the early, oh goodness, I would say late 80s, early 90s, uh, they came out with books that are about that tall, about that long, The Complete Library of Christian Worship. Most of you have those? There's probably seven in the series. Okay, we have an extra copy at the office if any of you want to come look at it. Uh, but it's called uh, The Complete Library of Christian Worship. And uh, Robert Weber compiled, not, not, this is not his work, it, he's compiled these things and brought them together. And so these are four things that I'd like to share with you today about how you plan worship. Now, most people think we plan worship around announcements, offertory, sermon, invitation. Though, you know, they think those are the things, you know, and then we plan stuff around that. But what I'm, I'm going to suggest to you is that those are just things that exist within our worship plan. Those are not things that we work around, that, that it's kind of the hub. The hub needs to be that we express the Word of God. Now, I can get myself in trouble on this one. We just sang a song in worship, okay? Uh, it was the second song we sung. Can y'all help me with the title of what that was? Uh, beautiful, what a beautiful name it is, what a beautiful name it is. Do y'all know where I'm headed with this? Anybody know where I'm headed with this? Do what? Possibly. Yeah, it's on the second verse. Yes. Very first line of the second verse. What's, what's the, what's the line? Heaven without us, so you brought heaven down. Yeah. Now, Theologically, to me, that is a wrong statement. Right. That to me. Now, I can't, you know, I'm not going to stand up and preach that, but theologically, I don't sing that song because of that line. Now, I have friends who have changed that line. You know, they, they've changed it. And you want to say, I know y'all are saying to yourself, what? what's wrong with it? What's wrong with it? Here's what's wrong with it it shows an inadequate God. God was inadequate without us in heaven, so he sent Jesus down. Well, that's no more the truth than man and moon, is it? God is holy. God is pure. He's everything. He, he doesn't need anything. And out of that greatness, he came down to a sinful people. See what I'm saying? And so I think that's just, you know, that's a theology on its, you that's know. That's what I had to explain to my choir. Yeah, it's kind of leaning. You see what I'm saying? It, it sounds great. But when you really think about it, boy, it just doesn't fit. It, it doesn't, doesn't kind of, okay? Now, will I ever do that song? I'll leave out the second verse if I do, okay? And so that's, that's me planning worship, okay? I'm going to look at every song, and, and I do that same scrutiny. This, this is the measurement of what we sing, not what Lifeway puts on, Lifeway worship, not what... 
uh, any of these other companies you know put out there for us to look at not what word music sends to me every uh, month not you know none of that this is the basis of what we sing and if it doesn't match with this in other words as I if, if there's a hymn or course that I'm trying to plan when I put it here and sift it if, if it if it doesn't go through it doesn't go through it's out okay and um, so I think it's so important as we start to plan worship that our basis for singing or not singing is not, oh, that's a happy tune or that's a, you know, that's a joyous song or that's a, you know, this or, oh, they really love this one. But that it's this, this is what we try to do. And so I think it's just so important that we don't choose songs. You know, your pastor comes up to you on Sunday and he says, you know, boy, could we just start with something pippy? And you think, well, you know, Pippi is, <laughs> where, where is that? Maybe, maybe it's uh, praise the Lord with cymbals and brass. And, you know, sure, yeah, that, that I can understand. Uh, but, you know, just because it's a happy song, it, it's got to go through the, the, the surge of, of, of this, of the Word of God. So let's look at these four uh, different things. Uh, the first one is the fourfold pattern of worship. These are pretty self-explanatory, but the gathering, in other words, the call to worship. Why do we have a call to worship? Do you have a call to worship? We do. We just don't call it that anymore. Uh, it's usually the first song. It's usually, uh, well, y'all tell me. The first song, what is it usually? It's a chorus or something short. But it, it's, it's not a dirge. No. Okay, it's, it's something that's going to bring excitement, okay? And... I guess. Thank you, sir. Okay, and so uh, uh, just something that calls the people. Do your people come in like my people? Uh, maybe your people come in like um, some people I heard about. They, they walk in, you know, they're and they sit down and they open their Bibles and they read their Bibles, you know. And so when we're ready to go, I mean, they are ready. Or do your people come in like everybody else? You know, it's, it's a big greeting. And, and, you know, my pastor never, don't you dare interrupt that time. You know, that's, that's an important time. And it is. Okay, so they're everywhere talking, yuck, 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 yuck. And so the call to worship is, okay, now's the time to worship. Okay. And so I always tried to make that short. I tried to make it, uh, you know, not, not in a uh, slow tempo, but something a little faster to call attention to what it was. It's a, it's a call to worship. Uh, songs of gathering. In other words, uh, name a song of gathering. Give me, a, give me an example of a song of gathering. Come into his presence. Come into his presence. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a gathering. It's coming together. Okay. Uh, welcome and greeting. Does everybody do a welcome and greeting? Every church I've ever been to does. Now, some of them do it, oh, man, you know. Okay, we want the brother that's on this side of the church to make sure he speaks to the brother on that side of the church, you know, and they're everywhere. Uh, I have finally taught the pastor that I'm serving with right now to at least, you know, calm it down a little bit, you know. Uh, turn to your neighbor <laughs> instead of walk over here to your neighbor, but turn to your neighbor uh, and do that. You know, uh, Lifeway has come out and said most people that visit your church, 
despise the welcome to guests, no matter how you do it. So I've had churches where they've had it in the bulletin. You know, the part of the bulletin was a tear-off, and the pastor just made quick mention. Uh, here is a tool that we have in our bulletin. It'll give us some information. If you'll just give us your name and email address. They don't ask for a phone number. They don't ask for an ad. You know, just name and email address. We'd like to send you something, an email. All right. And then say, and, and on the other side, all of a sudden that's going to turn for everybody. On the other side of prayer request, if you have something you want us to pray for as a staff, would you send that and put it in the offering plate? Hey, if you don't make it to the offering plate, just leave it in your chair and somebody will come by and pick it up. Okay, just make it really quick and then don't do any kind of shaking hands or greeting. Now, to me, that's the best way to do that. Um, if you still shake hands and, and sing a hundred courses of uh, Family of God, it's not a problem. I, I just, you know, I, I want to move on to, you know, what we're there about. Okay? And so we get the welcome. The entrance. And so this is actually where we're entering into the, the presence of God. I usually choose something on the, along the line of holy, holy, holy. Uh, anything that talks about adoration, uh, praise, uh, and again, these are not going to be uh, soft ballad songs. These are songs that are going to, it's, it's praise, it's, it's high praise. And so it's, it's that kind of song. And so uh, then we have scripture. How many of you still read scripture in your service that's not the scripture for the sermon? See, Baptists, we say we're a people of the book, but we're not. So I always try to include some type of scripture reading. Now, I'm not talking about responsive readings, okay? That'll put a church to sleep. Now, back in the day, they were great. And I used them every Sunday. I used to use those, amen, amen. I used those too. But anyway, that's back in the day. Uh, but I, I think that we can, I lost my place in my mind. What was I talking about? Scripture 62 is coming really hard. Uh, but scripture reading, trying to read scripture. And this is where you can be multi-generational in your, your worship. Now, I know I'm, we should have run through this, and I'm, I'm just jumping here. But, you know, let a 12-year-old read a scripture or let a 90-year-old read the scripture. You see what I'm saying? It's an opportunity in our worship to allow multi-generational opportunity. Uh, not always a deacon, not always a man. You know, I didn't get an amen. <laughs> uh, hey, we, we how many of you that. have? How many have we women? We call on women to pray. How many of you? Uh, do all of you use women to uh, take up the offering? Just men? Just men? Just men? Just men? Wow. Well, at my church, you could take up the offering. All right. This is where we throw. Welcome and greeting, which just freaks me out. Right before the morning prayer, and it's like, right. you got to be kidding me! Everything just goes thud. Yeah, I would do a song in between. If you're going to do the big greeting and all that, I would probably do a song or something other than a prayer. That that seems to be, it would be hard to pull them back oh, it's in. Impossible. Yeah, and, and and that's the way you insist on doing yeah. every Sunday. Just do like a chorus or something. Just something really short not family of God, 
<laughs> how, how many of you use Family of God for the welcome? I mean, isn't that just, I mean, I've never used it in the last. I think I just used it for two weeks ago. Uh-oh, sorry. <laughs> I use it every once in a while, but not on a regular Yeah, well, basis. I've used it so much. It's one of those songs that, you know, when I hear it, I go, oh, cool. <laughs> they hadn't used it. And so we are, we are trying to dig back farther than our we have the new Baptist hymnal. Correct. So we're trying to dig back on some of the stuff that's not, which that is in there, but we're trying to dig back and use some things Mm -hmm. that maybe my generation doesn't know. That they miss. That they miss. Sure. And that some of the people who grew up in the church may still be missing. Yeah. Do Um, you know the hymn, Out of the Ivory Palaces into a world of woe. Only his great eternal love. Do you know that? Made my Savior go out of the ivory palaces. Out of the ivory palaces. Now that's a song I wouldn't do for what we're talking about. Okay, and then we hear, we got scripture. Message music. I love that word. In other words, it's not a special. The choir is going to sing a special. And how many of us have ever tried to get rid of that word? Uh, but you know, to me, the choir singing an anthem. Now, I'm 62. Okay, I apologize that I'm 62, but this is how I feel at 62. That the choir singing an anthem is just as important as the pastor preaching the word from here. Because every anthem I choose, at least, goes through this sif. You know, I'm, I'm shaking it. And if it doesn't, doesn't fit here, it is straight. Usually, the, and we're all musicians, we can say this, most of the songs in church music are straight from Scripture. So, I mean, we can, we can pretty well stand firm on them. And so, when, when I, I, that's how I, tr- I teach a choir. I say, you know, this is not just uh, warming up the, the congregation for the sermon. You are the sermon. You know, we get two sermons in a row here. You were going to say something. No. I, oh, I, I thought, okay. Okay. So, we, we, we have that. And so, uh, we have message songs. Now, uh, drama sermon. How many of you still use drama in your worship? Anybody? Yeah, it's kind of gone by the wayside. But I tell you, video has brought it back. Now, it's not live drama, but you can use little short tidbits uh, of different things, uh, especially when it comes. Uh, I was watching today, uh, 32, I think is the name of the group that's doing it. But they're doing, they're actually saying, you can send us your announcements and we'll make. Uh, a minute and a half video of somebody making your announcements and what they do is they put graphics behind it you know and it's all slick you know what I mean it's all all good but you send it to them on Tuesday they send it to you on Thursday you do it on Sunday Tuesday you send it Thursday it comes Sunday you do it I don't know I haven't thought through that but that might be an idea if announcements interrupt your worship now, I push announcements all the way to the end and let a deacon do that. And usually the deacon makes a joke or something. And so the people say, you know, but push it as far as you can. Okay, now here comes after we have the sermon, we're responding to God. 
Now, here's where my experience and the, the, the today's generation, will, we differ a little bit. For instance, uh, youth music camp, when we did an invitation, you know, the band comes back up and all the vocalists came back up, you know. I personally, the, churches that, the church I'm serving right now, I'm the only one that comes back. The praise team doesn't come, the, the organist doesn't come, just the pianist and just me. And so it just, it, it, it doesn't wreck the time. In other words, you know, all these people moving and they'll move during the prayer, you know they will. Uh, and so I just say, no, just the pianist and just me. And so I, I, that's one thing, that's just a key thing. So does your choir dismiss? The choir goes down right before the message starts. Yeah, yeah. Our pastor doesn't like to turn around. <laughs> and so I think he has a little phobia about people being behind him. And so what I do is I always, the choir sings, and then there's another worship song. I see our pastor wants the special music to be right before well, the message. Well, I, I let him choose. You know, I said, you know, you can, we can do that, but, you know, uh -huh. <laughs> here comes the choir, and it's wood floors, and, you know, it's just loud, and so I said it would work much better if you just let me do another praise song here, and then the choir goes down during that song, and then you take, and it's worked well for about a year now, so. Um, I used, and I, like I said, 62 is coming out again. You know, I used to be, everybody stands the same way, everybody holds their book the same way, everybody wears a robe the same way, everybody walks in the same way, we sit the same way, you have your Bible for uh, the sermon the same way, we stand the loft the same way. And I've come a long way from that uh, into thinking that maybe it's, it's the best thing for the choir to get out of the loft. Uh, it allows a couple of things. You lose the excuse of I don't sit with my family. <laughs> You know, when you ask people to join the choir, you say, well, y'all come down every Sunday. You, you do sit with your family. The other thing is, is that the pastor does get to give all of his attention to the front and not have to turn around at all. Uh, and most pastors, especially if you use screens and you've got your pastor on the screen during his sermon, doesn't want the, 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 the cameras to catch him and then catch what's going on behind him too. And so that's the other, I don't know if it's valuable, but it's a reason uh, that you wouldn't want. Many of you know Charles Stanley, if you've ever watched Charles Stanley, uh, First Baptist Atlanta, they used to have a, a car loft, uh, just a regular car loft, and you saw the choir always behind him. Now, if you go into their church, the choir loft wall from the pulpit is at least that high. And so when he stands to preach, all there is is a, a wall behind him. And so uh, First Douglasville has that as well, where it's just the wall, the choir sits way up. Now, that's nice for an orchestra. If you have an orchestra down here and a choir up there, that works real well. You've got some separation. But anyway, then uh, depart. How many of you do a song at the end of a service? Uh, the pastor prays, and then you sing a chorus. Uh, it's just something I've always done. Um, this is the first church I've been to that doesn't want me to do that, and I kind of miss it, but I would always, I would jump and use something that I've used in the worship time, but it would just be a chorus, a little short, a little ditty. Pray, and then do that little song. It just kind of, to me, helped them go out with a song in their heart. It just probably never happened, but in my heart, I was thinking, this is a good way to send them out. Uh, 
I had an interim pastor do this one time, and I thought this was a great idea. He stood him up and said, let's have our closing prayer. Would everybody turn around and face the back? When they face the back, then he said, our service is out there. We've just had what we do in here. Now let's go out there. And then he would pray. And I thought, well, that's... The church got tired of it. But it, for occasional thing, that was a great, you know, our purpose is outside these walls, not in here. All right, so we just talked through the fourfold. Uh, Psalm 95, if you've ever read Psalm 95, I've got it right here. Let me read it real fast. Uh, verse 1, Come, let us shout joyfully to the Lord, shout triumphantly to the rock of our salvation. Let us enter His presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout triumphantly to Him in song. For the Lord is a great God, a great King above all gods. The depths of the earth are in His hand, and the mountain peaks are His. The sea is His. He made it. His hands form the dry land. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, the sheep under His care. Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts uh, as the Meribah, as on that day at Mesa in the wilderness where your fathers tested me. They tried me, though they had seen what I did. For 40 years I was disgusted with this generation. I said, there are people who whose hearts go astray. They do not know my ways, so I swore my anger. They will not enter my rest. So just kind of using that, and you see there, uh, it breaks down the verses and, and what each one would do. Now, back in the day, in the uh, late 70s, early 80s, uh, we, do you remember, <laughs> how, how old are you? 59. How old are you? 64. 64. How old are you? 41. Oh, shut up. <laughs> How old? I'm not going to ask. 58. 58. Okay. So we're all, with the exception, 30. We don't despise your youth, by the way. Uh, but we're all kind of from the same, same generation. So do you remember when worship orders had headers? You know, like it would say, the worship of God. And then it would have uh, opening, you know, it would have all these headers. Well, uh, to me, that's how you use what this one is. So it's got the invitation. In other words, you're inviting people to come to worship. All right. Engagement, exaltation, adoration, intimacy. And uh, I'm reading the wrong one. So Psalm 95 is where on the first page. All right. So I would put, I would actually put these scriptures that you see there, verse 1, and then verse 2 to 5, and then verse 6 to 7 as headers, and and fit it like that, so that they kind of see the progression of, of that scripture. Now, what even works better than that one is the next one, uh, the Wimber. Okay, you see that one has the big headings, the invitation, engagement, exaltation, adoration, intimacy, and close that. Now, I don't know, you know, I don't know that I'd use the word intimacy. That's kind of you know, you'd have to figure that one out. But my most favorite one is the one we're going to do next. Let me tell this one. Yeah, so this is a structural one. The, the, remember uh, the palace, the palace, the temple had an outer court where everybody could come. Okay? And so that be called to worship, that kind of thing. And then they had a, a, a next part where the, only the Jews could come. Okay? And so we're getting closer and closer. And then the next place is the Holy of Holies. 
and so you lead the worship would be you know very broad and then very you know then by the time we get to the sermon it's it's very narrow yeah so the other one my favorite one is the Isaiah 6 uh, way and uh, this is one I've used all of my ministry and uh, you know we we've read that so many times uh, are all of you familiar with Isaiah 6 in the year King Uzziah died I saw the Lord high and lifted up all right well the problem is is that we uh, hold on just a second let me find it oh for Bible drill Okay. I was brought up in the Methodist church. We didn't do nothing like that. Uh, yeah. Well, they're fixing to quit doing it here. I uh, know. So, um, yeah, because we don't do it at the Georgia Baptist Convention anymore. Um, so we go through the holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. His glorious uh, fills the whole earth. The foundations of the doorpost shook and the voice. And then, you know, uh, it goes on down and said, uh, it's touched my lips. You've removed the sin you've atoned for. Uh, and then remember, we get to the part where it says, who, who should we send? Who's going to go for us? Okay, uh, little, little kind of wink, wink to the Trinity there, uh, you know, uh, to understand that. And we stop right there. You know, then we say, here am I, send me. Right? That, that, that's where we stop in that whole setup. But we never read further. And do you know that what is further is what really, really, really speaks Here's what he told, you know, Isaiah said he'd go. Here's what he told him to say. Go, say to this people, keep listening, but do not understand. Keep looking, but do not perceive. Dull the minds of the people, deafen their ears and blind their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their minds, turn back and be healed. Then I said, don't you know, Isaiah's thinking to himself now, now wait a minute, Lord, you put me all through that. And I said, I will, I'll go. And then you told me they're not going to listen to me. They're not going to see me. They're not going to hear me. And you're saying that that's all going to take place. Then I said, until when? How long? Is it just going to be a little while, Lord? Is it just going to be a few days, a few weeks? And he replied, until cities lie in ruin without inhabitants. Houses are without people. The land is ruined and desolate. The Lord drives the people far away, leaving great emptiness in the land. Uh, though a tenth will remain in the land, it will be burned again. Uh, let the tenebrinth or the oak which uh, leaves a stump, well, when felled, the holy seed is the stump. And you know, we expected, you know, don't you know that Isaiah thought, I'm going to go through this worship experience. I'm going to, I'm going to see my sin. I'm going to see myself for what I am. And then I'm going to go and everything is going to be great. It's going to be great. No, God said you're going to go to a people that won't hear, see, or listen to you, and you're going to do it until the earth is desolate. Don't you feel like that's your job sometimes? Isn't that encouraging? Yeah. Doesn't that just make you want to join in? Uh, you know, let's all have another rousing chorus of <laughs> Isaiah. Yeah. So... I just see that, uh, to me, you know, we've, we've done a disservice by not preaching that end part a little bit more, knowing that sometimes our call is not all peaches and cream. And you guys that have, you know, maybe you're part-time and you have another full-time job besides, you know, I've, I've tasted that the last 15 years. I've been full-time with the mission board and then done a part-time church on the side. And so 
I understand some of that that stress of, you know, I've got to do some of this over. It's like you've got plates on a, a, a spindle and you're just trying to keep them going all the time. Um, and so that's why conferences like this are good because you can come and, and get kind of fed, you know, let, let, give me something so I can give back. Uh, I hope, and I've not even kept up with time, am I good or not? What time are we supposed to get out? 8.30. Oh, good. So i got time to do what I need to do. Ask, yes, long, sir. How long do you anticipate uh, your portion of the service lasting? I mean, you're, are you... Uh, you differs from of, week to week. Um, at 8, uh, 11.30 or you'd have to... No, uh, mainly because my service starts at 10.30, but... <laughs> so uh, I usually now I'm a I'm, I've always been every pastor I've ever worked with has known that I believed that he is the called preacher of the church I'm not so I have because of that I have not all the time felt like I needed to say much but now, if it's important, I, I'm going to say it. But what I'm saying is I don't, I don't try to interject myself all the time. In other words, you know, before every song, I'm not up there, you know, preaching a sermon, uh, doing that. And so what I try to do is I, I give my pastor, let me repeat that. I'm not going to say that. My pastor wants, because <laughs> I don't always angle to deliver this, he wants 40 minutes. Now, I know when he asks for 40 minutes, he really means 50 minutes, okay? And so in my planning, what I end up doing, our folks um, in a business meeting actually said that our services would be an hour and 15 minutes long. So that helps me a little bit because I've got that 15 minutes hanging out over there. Um, but I will honestly, and you saw it tonight. I don't know if y'all realize, you know, I saw it really quick. But uh, you saw Ron, he knew it was time and he had more to do, but he, he stopped. Yeah. He just stopped. And so I don't feel like if it's in the bulletin or if it's on a sheet that I have to do it. And so I'll stop. I mean, I'll say, uh, you know, we're just not going to do it anymore. And so um, I give him 40 minutes on my planning sheet. I give him 40 minutes. I know it's 50, but it's, it's going to be 40. And so... Um, I plan everything else accordingly. You know, that, that's a way already to start with. You know, I don't say, now, if say a children's choir is going to sing, and, it, and, and we still have the adult choir and all that. Many times, this pastor I've worked with for a year now, he, he has emailed me and said, hey, I know the children's choir, can we take it some out of mine and some out of yours? Now, I know that's not theologically right, but I'm just, you know, that's what he would say. He'd say, take a few minutes off my sermon and we'll take a few minutes. And I said, yes, sir, that would work great. Um, so I've never tried to say I'm going to have this much time no matter what. What I do, now I had a pastor that would tap his watch. Okay, and so I knew back in the day we sat up on the pulpit. And so I would know as I was going to the pulpit what I needed to do because he would be either if he tapped his watch, I knew we're going to do one or two verses. We're not going to do any more, no matter what I had planned. And so if he didn't tap his watch, I was watching my watch. Okay, 
Um, now, we were fortunate in those days, even back in the early 80s, we had a digital kind of clock right above our balcony. And so, you know, we all could see that. And so he was, he was a stickler out at noon. I mean, that was his thing. And so, see, he knew that on his other end, he had a hard stop. He was going to stop it two or three minutes still. And so I just, we just kind of gave at that point. You know, I would plan knowing that probably I wouldn't get it all in, especially if a deacon got up early with a, something and talked for two or three or four minutes. Um, and so, you know, that's something you just don't have control over. Uh, but 40 minutes. Anybody else give any different than that as far as time? Um, 35, 30, 35. You're a blessed man. But he, he does yeah. 40 minutes. 45. Right. <laughs> I used to have a preacher in Dothan, Alabama that could just fill up the time. I could give him three hours and he'd just fill up the time. Uh, so... Pastor, I can give him 20 minutes and he right. will not say anything. Yeah. Um, we well, are blessed. But at the same time, I try to be respectful. Right. That he has a sermon as much as. Right. Well, like I said, I just always, you know, I keep watch of the time and just if, if it's getting close to that 40 minute mark, you know, I just say, okay, we're going to do. And my pianist, I, you know, I tell him, you know, all the time, I say, it's never going to be like it. <laughs> we practiced it. Uh, and you know, I just cut it. I just say we're going to do one verse, and that's what he did. Uh, you you saw that his band was ready to do the next verse, and he just went right to the tag. Uh, and so uh, that's something you ought to plan. I do that with invitation hymn. You know, I think singing 150 verses of "Just as I Am" is the most. I don't know. I I used to do two hymns. I would put two hymns in the order of service, and we would change. And then I did that for a while, and then I realized, well, you know, it's a change of thought. It's a, you know, it, it really became a, a problem for me. And so then what I would do is I would, if, if I knew, if I felt like I would sing one verse, and if a lot of folks, you know, some folks came, I would point to the pianist, and that would be my signal to her, and she would play a verse. We wouldn't sing again, and then we'd come back and sing the second verse, just so that the congregation is not singing Oh, here we go again. You know, because that kind of, you don't want people leaving thinking, oh, here we go again. Here we're going to sing 17 verses of Just As I Am. And so that's just one thing I've, I've done all along. Let me spend just a few minutes, and I've only got 20 minutes to do it in, uh, showing you uh, Planning Center and Lifeway Worship. Any of you use LifewayWorship.com? I did five years ago, but I have it in the last five. I didn't know it was, there was such a thing. Oh my, okay, well that's good, that's good news. Okay, why isn't that on the screen? Okay, so, um, Planning Center, it, it's one of those things, it's like CCLI. You know what I mean? It's a church-sized thing, and so it's, a, it's an entire church planning system. Okay, and so... The church I'm serving right now only uses it for worship. They don't use it, and they're only using it for worship because that's the tool I was using when I came. And so you can do nursery with this. And what this allows me to do is I plan the order of service. So for instance, up here, can everybody see the screen well? Uh, let's say for this coming Sunday. Okay, here's my order. Okay, now I'm able to uh, move. I can, I can, grab something and I can move it okay 
And so it takes away from the pencil and paper like I used to do. I'd do the order of worship and then I'd say, no, I want to put that up there and I'd do arrows, you know, and all that. But it allows me to kind of cut and paste on this board. And so I'm able to move. Now you see, I've got these big header lines like this. And that just says worship set number one, welcome, worship set number two, offering, children dismissed for children's church, worship set number three, message. There's my 40 minutes from a pastor. All right, and so you can do those. All those are, are edible, edible, editable. Okay, so you can change those. Uh, what I what you can do, I have a, uh, what do you call it? A, uh, not a grid, but a, it shows up every time. <laughs> yeah, a template. Thank you so much. A template. And so my template is this, and then I just work against that, okay? Just like I would with pencil. Uh, but what this allows me to do, I have all the music downloaded into this program, okay? And you see that I've given all direction, how many verses, what, what, you know, what the turnarounds are going to be, what key it's going to be in, if I want it in a different key, all right? And so this works with Song Select. Do you know about Song Select with CCLI? That's where you can type a hymn or anything in, get the text and all that. Well, all that is part of this uh, stuff over here. And so I have a team. All right, let's look at my teams. Uh, people. Okay, now this is for this next Sunday. All right, as you see, not many of my team have answered. All right, so I'm waiting for these people to answer. What this does is it automatically, when I add them to, like, here's the pastor, here's the praise team, the audiovisual, uh, you know, the band, the slide producer, in other words, the person that's going to make the slides, and then the uh, music sheet producer. Now, the music sheet producer is the person that makes my music that I'm looking at, my paper music that I'm looking at, okay? And so it sends an email to all these people and says, you've been placed doing this for the worship service, okay? If I have a soloist, I add the soloist in. A soloist will get an email that says, you've been placed on this service, sing a solo, this is what I need you to sing. And then they reply, these are little question marks right here, and that means they haven't replied to me yet. It'll turn green and they'll reply to me, all right? It's very simple, it can be put, it's on my cell phone. So I mean, even with my family in the evenings, people will ask questions and I can very quickly answer a question, you know, this key, that key, we're going to sing two verses and then a turnaround, you know, all those kind of things I can do very quickly. Uh, and you see over here, these are all my people. And uh, like I said, I just have them, I have them in teams. So I have uh, some people that are just band people, they're instrumentalists. I have some people that are just the AV, so that, that's someone that's going to run the sound or do the, the slides on the projector. Uh, and so I've gone through. And so on Sunday mornings, on their computer or on their phone, we can actually run this service. And you see over here, well, let me get back to the service. It has times on it uh, right there. So I've given everything a time. This is how long it's going to take to do these certain things. And so when they use a computer or their phone to have the order of worship, it actually counts down and lets us know where we are so that I know, well, so-and-so just got up and, you know, talked for five minutes. I only gave him two and a half. So I know I've got to make up two and a half minutes. And so it's just that kind of a tool. And so 
You saw tonight in the worship service, the screen that was facing the audience behind Ron was this. And so it's his order of worship. So he can sit actually at the keyboard and make changes in the order and it, it updates automatically. So then everybody would have that change right away. So on Sunday morning, say somebody is up speaking, they're taking a lot of time. Well, on my phone, I can say, whoop, it's gone, whoop, it's gone. And so my pianist who has you know, got her cell phone and the only time she looks at it is when we're not singing, of course. Uh, she knows, hey, he just made those changes. And so it goes to everybody. So my pianist knows, my organist knows, the choir that's doing it. I don't have everybody in the choir on it, but the ones in the choir know it. And I print off for those that don't have it. Now, I can't make changes on theirs, but I can print off this order as it appears here. And so it's a, it's a monthly kind of charge. Unfortunately, I don't know what it is. Uh, but, but it's something to look into. Uh, like I say, nursery, uh, say somebody wants to use your fellowship hall, you can schedule that in here. It's got a church calendar part of it. It's got uh, just everything you could think of planning center has. Uh, and so I'd use that. Now, let's look at Lifeway Worship, since some of you don't know that. Okay, So I'm logged in as William. That's my first name. Now everybody knows. Um, I've tried to change that a hundred times. All right, so here's lifeawayworship.com. Absolutely free. Now, it's free to have it, not free to use it, okay? So I can have this, and I can find any kind of thing. I just can't, I can't print. I can't change the key, okay? But it say, uh, somebody give me a title of a hymn. Be Lord Our God. Say it again. Be Lord Our God. All right, so what this is going to do is going to find all the arrangements of Behold Our God that Lifeway owns. All right, so I'm going to go through. I can play it from here, okay? And you see it's got Shane and Shane charts, I worship, um, Passion charts, uh, Sovereign Grace. So a lot of, uh, you know, a broad spectrum of, of different things. Um, and so if I were to say, okay, I want to do that first one, so I go into here and I click on that. All right, so here it is. So now it's going to tell me what, what they actually have, okay? Now, right here, you see it's got the key of C. Let's see. Uh, they only have it in C, or it would show up different, okay? Okay, so they have that in C. So I can go here. Now I can purchase uh, a recording of the original artist for a dollar nine. Now if I prepay, if I give them $100 or $200 prepay, then I get it for 76 cents. So what you want to do is to prepay. Put 500 down and then use that and then put 500 down and use that. Uh, but you can get a chord chart, you can get the original recording and a piano accompaniment, okay? Now on some of the songs, say that I wanted to well, I really don't want that in C. And really what I want to do is I want to not do it like the recording is. And so I want to do my own thing. It allows you to map the song. And so I can go and I'll, I could show you. But you can go and map the song and say I want to do the verse. I want to do the chorus and the chorus and then a verse and then a chorus and then two more courses. And it will actually print out for me piano accompaniment and all that. And it will make a recording if I wanted it to of my mapping. OK? 
okay? You can change keys. You can say, hey, I want a different key. Now, a lot of these are in separate, you know, I would click this down bar right here and it would have seven or eight keys. Now, do you know about uh, praise charts? Okay, praise charts, again, is a service, praisecharts.com, and that's gonna be more of the praise and worship style. It's not gonna be hymns. Now, the praise charts has a lot of uh, sovereign grace, uh, arranged hymns, uh, maybe some other, but like I'm doing Because He Lives Sunday, but it's a praise chart arrangement. So it, it's got more rhythm, it's a little more uh, chordal, more chords than you would normally hear. And, uh, but I can, I can do all of that through this portal. Um, let's see, what else will it do? Uh, it keeps up with what you, what you buy. If I buy something, I have it, I have it. Once I buy it, I've got it, all right? So I can go in and I can say, you know, really what I want to do is I want, where's that at? Okay, do you see that right there is the worship map? Worship sets, it's gonna have sets of different songs and gonna have modulations to the different songs. I've never found anything that I could use, but. Okay, so see, I've got connected to this. I've got planning center, and I've got worship planning connected. So in other words, if I do something, in, when I do it in planning center, I can choose a song here, and it'll actually throw it into my planning center. So it downloads it right to my planning center. I don't have to, you know, get it physically and move it over. All right, I'm looking for Keith's. I can't believe I don't see this. All right, somewhere in here, it's got everything that I've bought. So it's just a long list of songs, and uh, all I would have to do is to go in and print them again. Uh, and so uh, once I own them, I own them. If I buy a arrangement, say I've mapped a song, it's mine, I can use it again and again and again. Now, when it comes to orchestrations, when you buy orchestrations, huh, you can buy, like I have a clarinet and I have a trumpet and I have a French horn, but I don't have really anything else. Well, you can actually go in and buy those individual parts for individual songs. And so if you, if you just had a trumpet or just a flute, or you, know, you could buy those individual pieces uh, like that. Once you buy them, you own them. Now that doesn't mean that you could make a thousand copies of that and give it to your brother down the street. Okay, that's this is for your use and your use alone. And so usually what they'll say on lifewayworship.com is how many music stands are you using? See, they try to, you know, they just try to help you with how to know how many to buy. You know, well, I have, I have one trumpet, so I'm gonna buy one trumpet part, of course. But what if you had uh, 20 trumpets and you just wanna buy one part and copy it 20 times? Well, you can't do that. So it'll, it'll ask you, how many stands do you use? And you know, you'll say 20, and then they'll say, okay, we're gonna buy, you're gonna buy 20. You can print one and then make us, you know, those copies, all right? But lifewayworship.com, I use this every week, if not every week, every other week, and it's, it's extremely helpful when I want a different arrangement to a hymn, like I'm using the hymn book, but I want something different than what the hymn book has. Uh, this is extremely helpful. Like I say, it's, it's free to sign on to. Uh, lifewayworship.com uh, and I would I would certainly look into 
um, all the others uh, that I've mentioned. All right. When I use that, I was able to type in a scripture reference, and then it would tell me what songs. That's exactly right. To that scripture. Yes. Yes. You can do it that way as well. So, uh, very very useful. Uh, when they first put this out, uh, I didn't give it much hope. <laughs> I really thought it'd just be another Lifeway thing, uh, but they've really made it something that's it's genuine and worthwhile. Um, if they've done anything right, they've done the website right. Uh, you know, I, I like you. I think you know they could have added a lot more hymns than they did to the new hymnal, and left out some things. But you know, that's that's. You know, we're about ready for a new hymnal, believe it or not. Every 10 years, they usually put out a new hymnal with Lifeway. So, and no, I have nothing to do with Lifeway <laughs> other than I partner with them. Uh, but this is something I would, I would uh, suggest you at least look at and, and see if you want to do. Um, it's also going to have charts. In other words, uh, you it couldn't print a piano version of a song, but it might give you the chord chart. Uh, and so Praise Charts does the same thing. If, if it doesn't have an arrangement for piano, at least gives you a chord chart. And uh, then you have to work with your accompanist a little more. That's when you have to get into the letting them hear a recording and, and then they kind of mimic it with the chords. So uh, that's something that's, uh, like I say, again, it's, it's taught here uh, this, this week. Um, and, but it's something that a pianist has to get used to. That's not something they can just do. Uh, my wife fought it for years. Uh, now she plays for the worship band every Sunday morning. So, uh, and plays off a, a chord chart. She doesn't have the music. She just plays off the chord chart. So, uh, I'm sure tonight, if we could have seen uh, what uh, Ron was playing off of, uh, I'm sure it was a chord chart. And y'all know that he was not playing a piano, right? That was a piano gut, gutted. I mean, it's just gone, and there's a keyboard sitting in the place of that piano. Yeah. Listen, you can't say enough nice things about Ron Carter uh, as far as music is concerned. He is the most talented young man I've come across in a long time. This church is, is so fortunate to have him. Uh, he's got a voice that won't quit. He's got, a, he's got the voice that when he sings, I always say, God, why didn't you give me that? So that, that tells you about his voice. I just say, God, why didn't I have that? Of course, I say that about a lot of the guys in the Sons of Jubal. Uh, so still with I, used to, I used to sing solos with the Sons of Jubal, but no more. My 62 voice is not my 38, 40, 40. 40 year voice. That's right. Uh, and I've moved from first tenor to baritone. <laughs> I told John, I said, I can sing half a concert, first tenor, or I can sing a whole concert, first bass. So, all right. Well, thanks, guys, for coming. Uh,